marketing is really thinking strategically with minimal resources about how you can grow and create online assets and really enhance and push yourself out of your competition. Because it's not only about creating ideas, everybody got ideas. How you execute is key. Hey everyone, you are listening to the MarTech Wiz podcast. So this podcast is all about marketing technology or MarTech, and we talk with marketing technology leaders about their marketing, their technology, and their journey in the business world of marketing technology. So what you'll take away from these discussions are industry best practices, some trends that are going on in marketing technology, as well as some actionable insights of things that you can implement in your organization. My name is Steven Stanzak, by the way, founder of MarTech Wiz, and let's get into the podcast. In this episode of the MarTech Wiz podcast, we interview Richard Fala of Feebout, a marketing automation suite. Richard always brings a unique and layered perspective to the table, and this conversation is really no different. We cover, of course, the best practices of marketing automation, as well as neuromarketing and even technology as marketing. In this episode, you'll learn what marketing channel is working best, as well as the biggest challenge of running a MarTech company. I recommend checking out vbout.com, but first, our conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So can you start off just telling us a little bit about what marketing automation is? So marketing automation is just a layer that sits on top of your traditional marketing that helps you accelerate and automate some of those tasks that you do on a day-to-day basis. Just to kind of tell a simple story, back in the days, the, the, the first agriculture, uh, traces of agriculture started 10,000 years ago and people were using their hands to farm and they would do so much during the day they would get tired and then later on they, they figured they could use uh, animals to start enhance their farming process so now they were able to farm more space and, and this is how agriculture exploded uh, market information is pretty much the same the same idea you have the traditional way of doing marketing which we already know you do it bit day by day message by message and then you have automation where you set up all these tools that are working for you while, while you're just collecting data and doing analysis and, and, and performing enhancements on it. So what is automation? Automation is everything that makes your life much easier. Um, it automates processes that are tedious and you, you shouldn't do, and it's also more consistent because it's being executed on an exact day, exact time, based on the exact behavior. And how do you feel is the best way for people just getting started in marketing automation to make it useful for them to have it automated, but still keep some of the humanity in it and make sure that they're flexible within their marketing communications. Sure. So I wouldn't say the market automation is going to take away the human element because at the end of the day, the people who are going to be creating the messages, the people who are going to be creating the the sequence, the logic, uh, the triggers and the fine tuning are still going to be doing the work. If you want to get started, there's, I would say, two two groups of people, those who haven't done anything and they haven't started any marketing at all, and those who already have something in the works. Uh, if you have something in the works, all it is is just getting all that effort you've been already putting, assembling a plan, and seeing which tools that are available out there that can automate some of that process. Those who haven't done anything yet, it might be a little bit easier because it's almost like you're starting off from scratch, so you have more leeways to experiment with new things, to 
the main challenge would be collecting contacts and collecting data. Uh, so if you're starting from scratch, the best way to do it is to see what your competition have are doing in the similar space. If it's working for them or not, meaning if you receive messages from them that worked and you thought it was cool, that means other people would think the same. Uh, so profiling some of your competitors, maybe choose the top three and see what they have been doing and investing in that worked and see how you can take that same logic and make it better or cover things that they haven't covered you thought that was essential. That, that's a good way to start. And then you can always engage consultants or somebody who already uh, provides help with that. What's the best way to know if a competitor's messaging is working, if their email marketing is working? Is there anything beyond just reading the emails, kind of like a quantifiable sense of how well it's working? It would start with a simple audit um, because automation is across the board, not only email, it can apply to other parts of their channel like social media, uh, the landing pages they have uh, set up and the opt-in messaging. So I would say doing a simple audit on these different channels, figuring out how much engagement they have on social media, how often and the frequency that they send. So if you opt into their email, which you should, you go to your competitors, opt into their email, sign up to their webinars and see how your email is being, uh, being migrated from one channel to another. How often do they target you thereafter? Are you getting meteor and meteor content as you go or they keep on sending you the same exact tone of content every day or every time you can figure out also how they're graduating you through the funnel how they're trying to push you through the funnel process and then in terms of the meteor content so you would recommend sending them kind of more in-depth content as they go on throughout the funnel and as you communicate more with uh, your prospects that's a good question so I, i would look at it just like you would train a killer whale the first, if you're training a killer whale from scratch, you would put the rope at a very low level and you would give them a prize if they jump the rope. And then you bring up the rope a little bit higher and then you give them a little bit uh, another prize and a little bit higher until you end up at a much higher level. If you immediately put the high rope from the get-go, they're probably not going to jump. Right? So if you consider the jump as them taking a decision in that case, you want to start them at the basic level. So... The psyche of the user and the relationship between them and your product is either they know a lot about what you do or they have no idea or they are in the middle middle section. So taking that thought process at every single level and kind of feeding them content to make them more acquainted with your industry, educating them more about the decision process is how you should probably set it up. Is there any way to know which level of understanding they are? Is there any way based on what parts of your website they go to? Or is there any way to know whether or not they're at the beginning stage of the learning curve or a more sophisticated user? There's actually a lot of ways to do it, even using automation. I'm a big fan of landing pages because you can set up for the same content or you can repurpose content in different ways. Let's assume you're doing a webinar, right? Uh, The webinar is really intense. You can create the basic level of the webinar, which which is taking the exact content, condensing it to probably about a five to ten minute readable article, uh, that would be the very basic. And then you would keep the, the full webinar on. And what you can do, you can create the main article, send people to that main basic ten minute readable piece, and then tell them if you would like to learn more in depth on this topic, you can click here and, and watch the full in-depth webinar. Right. That's one way to do it. Um, sometimes when you send out messages in the email, so 
you can set up, for instance, two links. One of them would say, um, start, you know, get the basic information about this particular topic, or I'm an advanced user, give me, give me the advanced stuff. And by them clicking on those links, using automation, you can segment them automatically into different buckets. And this is how you can tell the media ones versus, I mean, the people who are more advanced in the funnel yeah. versus not. And this is only a few things because every business is different. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you know the most important thing from the beginning, one of the most important things is capturing leads and making sure you get the emails in the first place. What do you feel is the best way to do that in this day and age? There's a good book uh, called Neuromarketing, and it just speaks to the old brain. So the old brain is the primitive brain, the 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 the, the part that initiates decision making. So when you feel hungry, that's the old brain. Uh, when you you feel thirsty, that's the old brain. Uh, when you feel like you need to buy something, that's the old brain. So speaking directly to the old brain can make people take action. Now, when you're in the process of generating leads, putting that in mind that you need to speak to the old brain, and we're actually doing uh, the next meetup on that, on, on, on speaking to the old brain and how you can do it, because the old brain is lazy. They like beginning and ends. Uh, they, they, they like drama and uh, they, they just want to, um, they skip a lot of details. So taking that in mind and targeting your messaging and the value proposition to speak to the old brain can enhance to some extent the opt-in rate. So that's one thing. The second thing is using technology as marketing because nowadays it's not only enough um, to to gen- create blog posts. It's not enough to even create a full webinar, right? Back in the days, you could write two paragraphs and you can have tons of people signing up. Now, I mean, a little bit after, it became webinars because it's longer, better content. Now that's not enough. So you got to create or think about creating some basic technology that could act as a marketing tool for your business or your product. And we can discuss that in a whole topic on its own. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's almost like an arms race for content marketing. A lot of people recommend the 10x content that's out there. So if someone did a webinar that has, you know, the three best tricks in terms of getting people to act on a certain offer, then, you know, you have to come out with the 30 best ones to kind of always kind of up that ante and always have better content than others. So do you think that content marketing is going to continue that way and that it just has to keep getting better and better? Or do you foresee kind of the lead generation aspect of marketing moving in, in a different way um, outside of content? I think you will always have the beginners and the advanced and the intermediate at any given time. And the beginners, they will need the beginning, uh, the beginner content and, and so on. So I, I wouldn't say that content production uh, will will change in the content marketing, but just the way you display it is, is the, what's going to change. So meaning if in the old, if you do it via just text, that's the primitive way of doing it. If you add photos, now you're enhanced it by probably a thousand times. Now, if you make it into an infographic, you enhance it by 10,000 times. If you made it into a video, now you're talking about the, the actual evolution of your content to a more visual, easier to digest kind of format where the user is lazy. Uh, even the one who wants to learn, they're lazy. So the easier you make your content to them, the more likely you will succeed as presenting the same piece of content versus your competitors. So what you're going to see in 2017 are services who are offering uh, making video posts out of your own blog posts. 
So taking whatever you have on your blog, making a short video on it, and making the video available on the main channels like Facebook uh, videos, YouTube uh, videos, short Instagram, short Twitter videos, will actually be a better way to present your content marketing. And why do you feel like that's a better way to gain the attention of users? Is, is it just that it's a less competitive area of content marketing because less people right now are doing videos versus blog posts? People are afraid to do videos because they, they don't want to do something lousy. They, they overthink it. They think video has to be perfect. It needs a full production house. It needs two, three cameras and expensive audio and, and lighting. The matter of fact is people are getting more used to uh, down-to-earth type of videos speaking directly to them without the need to be so, uh, so um, overly produced. Um, so I would say figuring out a, a process of creating a video out of your blog post, whether it is simply doing slides and doing a, a good voiceover, like this is a great microphone you have right now. You know, you can buy a good mic for 100, 150 bucks and do the voiceover yourself, which is pretty much reading the blog post you've written and do a screen recording of your, of your posts kind of rotating, right? That could generate a video and it could look good and you can create captions and just put that on the different channels. And I think it's good because everyone learns in a different way. Some people would prefer to watch a video, maybe some people would prefer to read, maybe some people would prefer to listen to the podcast. So it's, exactly. I think it's kind of different areas of people. And then it also helps you in terms of the best ways of finding your context. I find sometimes people find my content best through YouTube, but some people then find it through Google, just some kind of traditional blog post. So it's good to kind of capture those different multimedia, different ways that you can kind of cut and slice your content. What do you find that people are doing wrong in terms of kind of common mistakes that people make in terms of their marketing automation? And they're overthinking it. They think marketing automation is, and I'm looking at some of the big companies uh, budget for next year and some of them have oh we're allocating 250,000 on marketing automation and I'm like why is it such a difficult thing to get into you don't need to spend tons of money it's actually an extension of your marketing that's all it is and it's gonna improve your marketing reduce the time and reduce the cost so it doesn't quite need a lot of additional investment I think the challenge is the software so the mistake that people are making is they're overinvesting in expensive software versus content production and putting in streamlining it in the actual automation itself. That's the first mistake. Overthinking it in the sense where they get overwhelmed and they don't know what to create, what sequences, and they just feel like they set up the first sequence and it's going to work, but it doesn't really quite work like that. You need to do a little trial and error in order for you to get there. If you start simple enough, you can create three, four automations and speaking to somebody who knows what they're doing, like, you know, we always consult with our clients. We tell them what can potentially work with them and they start with it. Sometimes it works. A lot of times it does. And they fight tune it and it works. They didn't need to spend thousands of dollars to get there. Start small, maybe two, three automations, see how that works. And it always depends on uh, the assets you're putting out there. So there's no one formula for it. However, don't go, don't set up 50 different funnels or 50 different sequences that's going to mix the heck out of, <laughs> out of your marketing team, little by little. How about in terms of when you do consult, are there maybe one or two kind of quick wins in terms of marketing automation or email marketing or digital marketing in general? 
I always ask them what are they doing for their current customers versus mm-hmm. the non-customer or somebody who's signed up for other reasons. Maybe it's their blog or uh, staying up to date with the latest products. Uh, because everybody re- responds differently to their messaging. So that's the first step. Uh, seeing what they're currently doing. And the next actionable item is creating different paths and nurturing them differently. So these are the two main things I would recommend doing right off the bat. And how they're collecting leads. So what is the entry level for these for these leads? And now in terms of VBAL, can you just give us a little kind of maybe elevator pitch? What's like the 30 second to a minute version of VBAL and how it helps customers? Sure. So VBAL is a multi-channel marketing automation platform. Anybody doing email marketing, social media management, creating landing pages to collect leads and automating the nurture process through automation. These tools are provided through the VBAT interface. Of course, everything's backed with analytics. So we tell you exactly how your emails are performing, how your uh, landing pages are uh, engaging or converting, how your social media growth is. So we really track on all the different aspects of the user engagement with you. Where did the idea for VBAL come from? We were an agency initially doing services for businesses. We were targeting smaller startups, uh, brick and mortar and, and smaller companies who had like a $1,000 budget um, on, on services. So we either had to use so many tools, uh, five, six different tools, or we had to use expensive ones that cost thousands of dollars, which didn't make sense to us. So we ended up getting frustrated because five, six tools for one client was a nightmare. We built our own internal tools. Eventually, we decided to roll it out as a product of our own. That's how we started. That's great. And then in terms of the product development, how do you figure out and how do you determine based on limited resources, how you're going to choose which features you're going to add into the product? So if you go to the office, the guys have my face on, as a dart. So they, <laughs> they hate what I put in for a roadmap. I think founders are always um, overambitious of what they want to offer. And I mean, every product is different. So when I go to speak to investors or, or even other company founders in the same industry, they tell me, you guys created multiple products. You don't have one product. So it's almost like you have five, six startups in one. Um, I think for me, uh, I think the future of marketing is you cannot be on one channel. This is why if you want to create the ultimate tool, you have to be good in creating a feature that's eight minimum out of 10. So that would grade eight out of 10 and would offer these five, six tools that the client need eventually with that grade in mind. We are committed not to create, for instance, a mediocre landing page engine. We, we decided to make one of the best landing page engines. Now with the resources we have, it's really tough, but I think setting expectations from the dev team on the dev team side is kind of critical. Um, compromising on certain things and, and creating the bare essentials because you want to see how people interact with your landing page engine, for example before you start adding things to it. And now because people are really, most of our users are already using our landing page engine, now we decided to putting in our roadmap for next year improvement to the landing page mm. instead of building everything in one shot. Yeah, it's kind of like a lean startup. You have to kind of get it out there, have customers use it on one hand, but then you want it to be good enough to hit that kind of eight out of 10 scale. So exactly. A little bit of a balance. The lean feature, I would yeah. say. There's a, the lean feature, uh, feature roadmap but as long as they intertwine together like our landing page work with our email work with our other features that's that's probably the main the main thing 
What advice would you give to someone? Maybe they're starting um, a digital marketing tool. What do you feel like would be some advice that you'd have uh, someone from a high level starting their own marketing tool? Starting, you mean launching, creating a yeah, software? Yeah, launching a software, exactly. Uh, what would I suggest? I'm trying to digest the question a little bit. So if somebody, um, if somebody doing it, we say we're going to crush you. <laughs> I think there's a lot into the predictive, uh, predictive marketing in the next couple of years. Uh, and predictive is there's a fine line between uh, useless data and data that actually uh, tell you what conversion is. So the predictive, predicting the user behavior is something that's going to be big. So anybody who wants to start marketing, I would say that's an area that's not oversaturated yet. It seems like there's a lot of machine learning platforms, like Amazon has one, Microsoft has one. So the nice thing about some of those is you can actually leverage some of those really complex algorithms and capabilities and kind of use them within your own product. So that might be a little too complicated that for you know a lot of people currently use it, but I, I found that a lot of those machine learning can really help you do some great predictive analytics and take some of the guesswork out of the marketing. I think there's a lot of tools and already made libraries that you can leverage. AI is uh, one of those things that everybody think they, they're going to look smarter if they use AI. It's almost like buying the most expensive t-shirt. and AI is like you're labeling yourself with the most recent technology just to look cool. I don't think it's being used in marketing the right way yet. What's the hardest part of starting and running a digital marketing software company? You're swimming amongst a lot of other sharks because uh, there's probably like 3,000 other automation platforms out there. Uh, the way we're different is because we aggregate so many tools, that narrows it down to probably about 100 good decent tools out there. We're probably amongst the 50 of those 100, considering the quality of the features we have, the support, the overall pricing, uh, the result that you get out of it. Mm -hmm. So the challenges, definitely competition, it becomes expensive to upkeep these all these tools. And um, so you have to find the right balance between offering the right pricing, great support, and at the same time, stay, stay in business. Yeah. But it's definitely uh, the, ch the main challenge is competition. So then how do you go about generating awareness? So it's always a challenge of what channels you should focus on to generate leads. And I'm a big advocate of lead generation as a sustainable way to grow your business. Because if you, if you have a predictable lead generation, you can have predictable future for your uh, startup. And I think Aaron Ross, who was a sales, uh, sales force, a sales guy, he developed their whole, he has a book, Predictable Revenue. Um, it's a, it's a good book. He just uh, talks about how it's critical to generate leads uh, in a steady fashion. For us, we created it. We created so many different channels. So we're active on social. We're active on, on content production. So we have a lot of content that's being pushed out. Now we're on the video. Uh, we're adding the video element heavily next year. We have a good community contribution that uh, creates awareness. Um, we have. SEO assets, so we're playing the SEO as well. So I think it's a collective channels of lead generation versus just one. Some people might preach that you have to focus only on the one thing that really works for you because you're stretching your resources thin. Mm -hmm. But you can always recycle the same content across the board of these different 
channel. So whatever we pump into our content marketing, we can recycle that into our community meetings, we can recycle it into our videos, we can recycle it into our landing pages and SEO. So it all becomes one cohesive unit at the end. And do you find that one certain channel or one marketing tactic is providing more acceleration to your business? A lot of this content is in long-term investment. The immediate investment, I think SEO at the end of the day, the results coming from the simple thing like one time we put a comment on a question about franchise marketing software. Mm -hmm. And that comment got us the most ROI out of all the efforts that we've done. Right. So sometimes you don't really know uh, what is the best channel, but it's definitely leveraging the content, playing your SEO properly so you can enhance your footprint in, in six month time or one year time. And think about technology as marketing, meaning we created a tool that lets you generate a, cust- a user persona. We also created a tool that lets you, an uh, interactive tool that compares us to other, other competitors. We created another tool to generate an online marketing plan. So this kind of technology will sit there. People will use it in the beginning stages, and then eventually they will establish a relationship with us. We capture data on them. We'll get them to the phone. Talk a little bit about how meetups and other community events, uh, how those have bolstered your marketing strategy and just your outreach in general. Meetups are not a direct way to generate business, nor that was the intention initially. Mm-hmm. The initial intention of us is to learn from others and then provide education back from what we're learning. Mm-hmm. That was my initial intention when I started my communities. It's because I, I was looking for people to teach me things but nobody had the time because you know you have your um, if you have your mentor he can give you an hour a month or a week uh, your advisors are the same mm-hmm. uh, so you needed a community that can really be there at, at more consistently <laughs> I would say so this is why I created it and eventually you're just establishing yourself you're anchoring yourself as a knowledge base in the local community it's indirect awareness. We're recycling the same content. So whatever we learn internally as a team, we put it out as presentation mm-hmm. for, the te- for, the, for the community, which they benefit eventually from. And sometimes that ends up converting over the, uh, on the long run. And that's what I found about and That was the initial touch point that I had. And then I tried out the software and you know, I was very impressed by what the software offers. So that was just a great way of not necessarily you know, going through there with content marketing or with trying to, trying to get leads, but just putting yourself out there in the community and then not only educating, but also probably learning some from the community. Yeah, I mean, being present in the moment and engaging your visuals. Because when you're working online, you're not engaging all your senses. There's no way that an online experience will substitute a physical experience where you have all your senses. Uh, so, you know, your visuals, your... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, we feed our, <laughs> our community. So they have pretty much all, our, all their senses there, which, which is an ultimate experience versus sitting online and deciding on the software. Yeah. So I think community has this present, being present element that you cannot deliver elsewhere. Mm-hmm. What are you curious about right now in terms of the digital marketing space? I'm really fascinated with two parts, technology and marketing. Technology as marketing, as I mentioned before, creating these different things. And we're working on, on a lot of tools that's going to help us eventually grow um, as a growth marketing, because that could take place. Um, and I'm fascinated with the way our brains are evolving and decision-making 
how irrational we are when we take decisions and how as a marketer we can speak to that irrationality in a way where we can not only tell people to buy from us but also coach them into making the right decision because I know a lot of companies who are really making great products and nobody's buying them because these companies are not speaking right to the right people so I think it's just a combination of figuring out how our brain and habits buying habits are working and how to fine-tune the messaging towards that uh, that's another area that I'm fascinated with so I'm curious to learn more about these two parts and how do you go about learning more about that I think um, reading when you read a book you're taking somebody's a 10 year or two years worth of work and probably 10 years of experience at least and you're digesting it into an eight hour readable piece of content so it's a no-brainer and if you don't have time to read you can listen to uh, audiobooks and if you don't have time to for eight hours you can read book synopsis and summaries so there's a lot of ways that you can digest content and a book is different than a blog article, right? It's a blog article you can go through in 10, 15 minutes. But an actual book, you would dive deep into the storytelling process, into uh, the progression of, the, of this, uh, the idea of the author and how you can actually learn. So you will learn a lot. And it always comes in not only from one book. I think if you read multiple books, eventually you start making connections between the different authors and different ideas, and then you can come up with your own. You see where the commonalities are between the different authors. So do we foresee a book in Richard Fowler's future? Uh, Am I going to write a book? Uh, I don't know. uh, uh, Right now, the main main focus is just uh, working on on VBOT. It's exciting times. Eventually, it might might happen. It might not. Because I notice when you read a lot of different books, Authors tend to copy each other yeah. some way or another, or they will speak about the same ideas, maybe unintentionally. Um, so there's nothing new. I, I would say the main story that fascinates me is um, I think marketing overall is overrated. Mm. Uh, people think because they have marketing, they're going to get immediate results, which never happens. And the stories you might hear about uh, explosive growth that happened immediately, that's almost, it's not even a statistic because it's not that often. Marketing is really thinking strategically with minimal resources about how you can grow and create online assets and really enhance and push yourself out of your competition. Because it's not only about creating ideas. Everybody got ideas. They're worth a penny. How you execute is key. And similarly with your marketing, it's not the idea and generated content. It's about how you kind of get your way between all the different noise and stand out a bit is, is what, what's important. Great. Well, hey, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And what is the best way for our listeners to find out more about VBOT and to get in contact with you if they have any further questions? Sure. So it's VBOT. So and it's V-B-O-U-T. I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. No, no, it's good. that's correct. So VBOT.com, V-B-O-U-T.com. We have tons of information. We have an FAQ section. We have a set up a private demo where we can consult you and help you with your ideas and show you the tour of the product. We even have a free trial and and forever free package. So you can sign up and claim your free package. Um, so everything you need is answered on the website and we have a live chat. So we've got we've got you covered. If you need to talk to me, you can email me. My email is rich at vbout.com. It's R-I-C-H at V like Victor, B like boy, O-U-T dot com. Fabulous. Hey, well, Rich, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Really enjoyed no, speaking to you. you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you for having me.
So there you have it, Richard Fala of V-Bout. As you heard, Richard has a very inquisitive nature and brings aspects of really various disciplines into his work. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and picked up a few takeaways and nuggets that can improve your marketing and other projects. Make sure to check out VBout as well as please subscribe to the Martech Wiz podcast on your podcast app to get alerted of future episodes. Thank you so much for listening.